Thanks a lot for checking out the Church on the Rock message this week. We would love to help you get closer to God. The best way to do that is to visit cotr.org connect. Or if you are not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'll not leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every time I come to Church on the Rock, my faith and my life get stronger and stronger. Let's thank God for the Word today, Church on the Rock. Amen. Amen. You know, today is part two of hope and anchor, hope and anchor. So y'all pray for me because I want to communicate. I want to make it simple. I want to help you today because I know that I'm talking to people here or online or on a TV broadcast that goes all over the world. I know I'm talking to people who have lost their hope, lost their hope. We've all been there. If you're not there now, you'll be there at one time or another in your lifetime. You say, Pastor, why? Because the world's broken. The world's cursed. It came on the world through Adam and Eve in the garden. It's broken. It's cursed. That's why we have murder and rape and incest and bigotry and prejudice and wars and earthquakes because there's a curse on the earth. It came with Adam and Eve in the garden. God is not in control of the earth right now. Satan is the God of this world. You understand that, right? I heard someone the other day, a podcaster, say, well, if God's a good God, why does he let all this stuff go on? He has to right now. In the time period of time of things and dispensations, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Satan is the God of this world. Not for long, not for long, because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And he's coming back as a warrior. He's coming back as a warrior, as king of kings and lord of lords. So, so we, we all have those situations where we thought our marriage was going to work out maybe, and it didn't. We lost hope. We were hoping for that job, and we didn't get it. We lost hope. We were hoping to feel better, receive our healing. Hasn't happened yet. We lost hope. We, we wanted that connection, that relationship to get in with that tribe or that group. They wouldn't let us in. We were hoping, but we, we lost hope. We, we were hoping for this career, uh, this job, that raise. We were hoping for all, and it didn't happen. We lost hope. We, we thought it would work out, but it didn't. We lost hope. I, I want to talk to those of you who have lost hope. And I want you to know that in this service today, God is going to restore your hope. God is going to restore your hope. Amen. Where you're about to give up and you're about to quit, you're not going to. You're on the verge of just giving it all, cashing it all in, just forgetting it, walking away. You're not going to. Today is a turning point for you. Today is a transformational service for you in Jesus' name. I decree it. I declare it. Amen. Word of knowledge. Someone's here trouble swallowing. God's healing you right now. 
You know who you are. You've had trouble swallowing. God's healing you. Someone else, the right side of your face has been numb. In Jesus' name, I speak healing to your face. And whatever the problem is, I curse it, command it to leave your body and be gone in Jesus' name. Knees. God is healing knees right now. You got a problem with your knees. You start moving your leg. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Can you all just worship the Lord with me for a second? Let the gifts of the Spirit move here for a little bit. Amen. Hip problems, hip problems. In Jesus' name, I speak. Sciatic nerve. In Jesus' name, I speak to that sciatic nerve. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God's doing it right now. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. You're the healer. Oh, we sang it today. You're Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth us. In Jesus' name, Nick's, Nick problems. In Jesus' name, I speak healing right now. You know who you are. Receive it, and you do that by thanking him and praising him. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, let's thank God. Can we thank him for the gifts of the Spirit? Amen. All right, so we're going to talk about hope as an anchor. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look at that today, how that, that hope is an anchor to our emotions, to our feelings, and uh, God's going to do a, a great work. Amen? So go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Okay, there we go. Praise the Lord. See, just took a little hallelujahs, and we got it going. Amen? But can you all go back to the very beginning now? Let's go back to the very beginning. So problems discourage us. And we all can relate to that. Problems discourage us. And we all have problems. You say, Pastor, I don't have a problem. Your problem is you lie. We all have problems, right? And we, we can run away from them. You know, we can flight, we can fright, or we can fight, right? We can be in fright, be afraid of them. We can flight, run from them, or we can fight the good fight of faith. Fight, fright, or flight, okay? So problems are a way of life. Problems are a part of life. Let me just encourage you as your spiritual father and grandfather, don't run from your problems because they'll chase you all the days of your life. You see, I'm going to leave this marriage. There's nothing but problems. Guess what? You're going to take them into the next marriage. Amen, somebody. You know, I, I, I was a part of a denomination before we started Church on the Rock, and I love that denomination. But in that denomination, way back when, the average stay of a pastor was two years. After two years, they all of a sudden they'd feel called to another church, okay? Well, really, for the most part, what would happen, after two years, they preached all they knew, didn't have any more sermons. The people found out they were flesh. They found out the people were flesh. And all of a sudden, they said, we got to get out of Dodge. We have a call from God to go to another church. Come on, somebody. And so what we found out, though, is, is that those people they were having problems with with that one church, those little rascals chased them over into that other church just in a different body. You ever, you ever had a job and you say, man, this job, take it and whatever this job. You know, the country western song, take this job. And, and you know, whatever. We say, man, I can't work here. These supervisors are hard to work with. The people, I'm quitting. I'm going over here. And you go get another job. And those little rascals, they left there and followed you over there in a different body. Come on, come on, come on. So here's what I know. You got you to face your problem. You got to fight the good fight of faith and become a problem solver. Okay? But problems, they can discourage us 
or we can use them to develop us, okay? And then number two, how do you like that? People disappoint us. People can disappoint us. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Violet. People can disappoint us, and that happens to all of us. You know, we put our hopes in people, our trust in people, and we're flesh, and none of us are perfect. And so that's why we shouldn't, we shouldn't put our hope in people because we're all flesh. We're all human. We make mistakes. And we've all been disappointed by people. We've all been discouraged by problems. And then circumstances can defeat us. Again, we're in a broken world. Circumstances usually that you and I face are opposite of what God's word promises us. So that's why we have to fight the good fight of faith, speaking the word, changing our circumstances to line up with the word of God. So we, we've lost hope. We all have lost hope at one time or another, different seasons of our life, through problems, through people, or through circumstances that have defeated, discouraged us one way or another. But I want to talk to you today about how to get hope that will endure, endurable hope, supernatural hope. We call it Bible hope. The definition of Bible hope is a confident expectation of something good in your future. Bible hope is a confident expectation of something good in your future. Bible hope is a picture. It's an image. It's a dream board. You know, we have Terry Savelle coming again here in May last year, and her whole thing is everybody needs a dream board. You need pictures in front of you. They give you persistence. They help you persevere. They give you patience. They give you momentum. They keep you going. They give you hope. So hope is a mental picture of your future. Bible hope, and I'm not talking about, you know, natural hope, which is a hope and intuition. I'm talking about Bible hope, which is a confident expectation that something good is in your future. So listen real careful. That means you and I, every day, to feed our hope, we have to go back to our future every day and visit our future. Let's watch this. Where are you going? About 30 years. Cool show, cool movie, Back to the Future. So you and I, every day, they tell us, you know, in the secular world that in the morning and the evening, you need to look at your goals. Every morning, you need to look at your goals. Every evening, you need to look at your goals. But this hope that you and I are talking about 
It's our future that God has planned for us. Every day you need to get off of what is taking your attention and focus and get back to your future. You need to focus on the future God has for you. So Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 through 18, let's look at it. So when God made a promise to Abraham, now don't just skim over that because that's the foundation for my hope today. What God has promised me gives me hope. I don't live by pressure. I live by the principles of God's word. I'm going to say that again. I don't live by pressure. Pressure is not going to force me to make wrong decisions. How about you? I'm going to live by biblical principles. I'm not going to live by my feelings. I'm going to live by faith. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. I'm not going to live by my feelings. I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to live by pressure. I'm going to live by biblical principles. And notice the Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that when all hope was gone in the natural, Abraham was 100 years old, couldn't have children in the natural. When it looked bleak in the natural, others would have given up looking at their circumstances. It would have defeated them. But it said Abraham kept on hoping when all hope was gone. How can you keep on keeping on when everything in the opposite direction is coming towards you? Everything you're believing for, you're experiencing the opposite. How do you keep on keeping on? You go back to the promises of God, and you say, if God said it, that settles it. I stand on it. I'm going to speak it until I see it, and nothing's going to change me. Can we have a praise break? Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. Glory to God. So God made him a promise, okay? And then verse 14. And what was the promise? Surely, surely. Now, when God says something twice, he's wanting to get our attention. It may not look like it, Abraham. It may not look like it, Bill or Susie or Henry or Al. It may not look like it, but, but surely, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee. Surely blessing, I will bless thee. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Now, see, that's your future and my future because you and I are a seed of Abraham. We're a seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. So the promise God made to Abraham, you can claim it. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. So I know my future and I know your future if we'll stand on the promises of God and not give in to pressure. What's ahead of you? Blessing. Blessing and multiplication. God wants to bless you so you can be a greater blessing, and God wants to multiply you so you can have a greater influence on this earth. Oh, I like that. Don't you like that? I love that. I love that. And so after he had patiently, I don't like that word, endured, he obtained the promise. Notice, family, between the petition and the promise, there's patience. Between the petition, that means asking God, and the obtaining of what you ask for, it's going to take patience for you and I to obtain it. I know you're like me. I can tell you don't like that word either. You know, patience. You know, this uh, week I was meeting one of our staff, and great guy in staff, love him to life. He's awesome. 
But I called him in and I said, you know, I'm not real happy with the numbers in your department. How can I help you? Let's work on this together and let's find out because I think you got more potential. I think we can reach more people and do more in this area. Uh, so what do you think the problem is? Put his head down. Then he looked at me and he said, really, Pastor? I said, yeah. He said, you need to be more patient. Oh, oh, how right he was. He was right on. He was totally right on. Amen. So I took it, praise the Lord, and I went out and had a Twinkie and a Coke. Amen. So, and so, and so after he had patiently endured, you see, he had to wait 25 years, Abraham. The promise was given at 75. He didn't have Isaac till age 100. Do you know, if I'm lying, I'm frying, hand on the Bible, this week in this church, someone was telling me that they had been waiting for something for 25 years, and it came to pass this week in their life. And they've been coming here all this time. God, God, what God put in their heart at 20, prophets came through this church and gave them a word it would happen. It took 25 years, but it came to pass this year, uh, this week, this right thing. How cool is that? But what did that take? Patience, patience, Bible hope, Bible hope. So uh, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater an oath for confirmation to them is an end of all strife. And then wherein God is willing more abundantly, God is willing more. That word more just jumps out at me because he wants to do more in 24, right? So that just jumps out to me. God is more willing to abundantly, abundantly to show us heirs of the promise. Then it goes on, verse 18, two things God can't do. One is God can't lie so we can have a strong consolation. That means be encouraged. God won't disappoint you like people do to you and me. We don't mean to, but just happens. Who fled for a refuge to lay hold upon the hope that's set before us. Family, we have to keep that hope before us at all times. We have to keep that hope before us at all times. It's so important that we're constantly going back to our future. You know, here in this ministry, I'm still going back to what God promised me 40 years ago. I haven't seen everything happen that I wanted to see happen here. So I'm still going back to my future. You need to remember that. You need to go home and watch that movie today, Back to the Future. All right? Which hope... We have, and here's I get the title for my message, we have an anchor to our soul. Your soul is your emotions. So hope is an anchor, both sure and steadfast. So hope is an anchor. What does an anchor do? Two things. It keeps a ship from drifting, drifting. How many people do you know that started out with a dream and gave up? Started out but then they went to tragedy, they went into problems, delays, disappointments, hurts, and offenses, and they lost all hope. They lost all hope. And they need their hope restored today to get back on track and run the race that God has for them to run. An anchor keeps a ship from drifting. Number two, it makes it stable in a storm. Here's what I know, everybody here, everybody online, everybody watching this in the future, you're in a storm, about to enter a storm or just leaving a storm. And we need to know how to be stable in the storms of life. Hope, that mental picture, that image, that dream 
keeps you stable in a storm because you know always God has more in store in your future. We don't want to look in the rearview mirror. It's so little. You want to look through the windshield. It's so big. The rearview mirror is for your past. The windshield's for your future. Your best days are bigger and better than your past. If you got that, give God some praise today, would you? Amen. So let's look at some anchors if we could. And what I want you to notice are there are different sizes. As we go through them, guys, just go right through them. Different size of anchors because there's different size of ships. So what we'll notice is the bigger the ship, the bigger the anchor. What do we learn from that? The bigger the dream, the bigger the purpose, the bigger the life God's called you to, the bigger the hope you're going to need to feed every day. Okay? So that's really, really important. Okay, pastor, I need to feed my hope. I've got a big dream, big call, big life. What God has for me, where do I go for Bible hope? All right? We go to the God of hope. Now, I know that when I was hoping for my brother to be healed, my brother, he died a long time ago. Uh, he was in his 20s. He had a brain tumor, went to the hospital. Church was praying. Church was fasting. And we were all hoping he would live. He died. Okay? He's in heaven today. So at that time, I lost hope. Okay? I lost hope. We were hoping. We were praying. We were fasting for him to live. He went into surgery, never came out, was in a coma. I'd walk into his room. He was in this coma. I'd say, Rick, if you know it's Dave, squeeze my hand. He squeezed my hand. He knew who I was, but he couldn't talk. He would recognize people by squeezing our hand, but he was in a coma. He couldn't talk. He couldn't respond. He died, okay? So at that time, I lost hope in God. And that's exactly what the devil wanted, for me to lose hope in God and blame God. God, why did you kill my brother? He was my best friend and my idol. God, why didn't you heal him? God, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? Isn't it just like the devil when you and I face disappointments, discouragement, when you and I face these things in life, we tend to want to lose hope and blame God. And God is never to blame because God, look at the scripture, he's the God of hope. That's where you go to for hope. The devil wants you to question his character, question his integrity, question who he is, and blame him when you lose all hope. Well, I'm talking to somebody today, okay? So where do we go for hope? We go to the God of hope. Now, the God of hope, I'm so glad I serve a God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Watch, family. So if I'm believing today, proof that I am is no matter what I'm going through, I have joy and I have peace. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, because we're all facing problems, I can't run from them. If I do, they'll chase me to the next church, next job, next state, next city, next marriage. So it's either fight, flight, right? It's either fight, flight, and be fright, fear. We make our choice. 
So if I am, if I'm going to the God of hope, and if I'm walking in faith, proof is there's joy and peace even when my life sucks at the moment. Can I say that? I said that. That you may abound in hope. So the word abound, overflowing. God's will is that you and I overflow in his hope, supernatural hope, Bible hope. He wants us to overflow in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad we have a supernatural power, the Holy Spirit, the anointing that will energize this Bible hope? We're not trying to do it through willpower. We're not trying to work it up. We're not trying to Ouija it up, seance it up, you know, all kinds of formulas to get it up. No, no, no. We have the God of hope on the inside. We have the spirit of hope on the inside energizing us, energizing us with a supernatural hope of an incredible future that you go back to every day of your life when you feel like giving up. Y'all with me, everybody? I sure do love you. You guys are awesome. Okay? So Psalm 146, verse 5. What's the first word? Happy. Happy, blessed, highly favored is the person who has God for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. So if my hope is not in my circumstances, my hope is not in people, my hope is not in the problem, if it works out or not. My hope is in God. And when I put my hope in God, I will outlast my storms. I'll overcome my problems. I'll, I'll defeat my feelings. I'll be led by the Spirit. Amen, somebody. I'll be happy in an unhappy world. I'll be a witness of the goodness of God to my family and my friends because my hope is in God. And if I've lost my hope, he can restore it. Can we give God a praise break right now? Can we do it? I really like this one too, y'all. Jeremiah 17, and look with me at verse 7 and 8. Most blessed. So really, you know, I'm not being braggadocious. I'm not lying. I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just agreeing with God. I am most blessed today. Pastor, I know what's going on in your life. I, I know that all hell's coming against you. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but I am most blessed because my hope is in God today. And I serve a God of hope. Come on, somebody. Most blessed. That should be your confession, my confession, your declaration, my declaration. Most blessed is the man or the woman who believes in God, wow, who trusts in God, who depends on God, and whose hope is in the Lord. A person who puts their hope in God will never be disappointed. A person who puts their hope in God, trusts in God, believes in God, agrees with God. Now, now here's how you walk with God. Pastor, I want to walk with God. Do you know how you walk with God? Agree with his word. That's the first step. If I don't agree with his word, I'm not walking with God. I'd just like to know how to walk with God, Pastor. How do you walk? What's this walk with God I hear about? How do you walk with God? The Bible says two can't walk together except they agree. That's Amos 3.3. 3. So I can't really walk with God until I stop agreeing with my circumstances. 
Stop agreeing with my feelings. Stop agreeing with my enemies and start agreeing with the word of God. And when I say, yeah, I've got enemies and yeah, I got, I'm in a storm and yeah, I got problems and yeah, I may not feel good and yeah, the bank account may be low, but the word says I'm most blessed. So in the midst of it, I'm walking on the water as long as I agree with what God said. Think about Peter. He got out of the boat and Jesus said one word, come. As long as he agreed with what Jesus said, he was walking on the water. How many water walkers do I have today? The minute that he stopped agreeing with Jesus' word, come, and he looked at the waves, circumstances, he began to sink. You walk with God by agreeing with God's word. That's the first step. Boy, that was worth brushing your teeth, flossing, and praise the Lord. All right? So verse 8. For you will be like a tree, the person who trusts in God, relies on God, believes in God, puts their hope in God. Hope is an anchor. Glory to God. You'll be like a tree planted, planted. You're grounded. You're planted. Planted and grounded by the waters that spread out its roots by the river. And it shall not see or fear when recession, inflation, side hacks, side jobs, side hustles have to come. You're not afraid. Heat there stands for tough times. So if I put my hope in God and not the government, my hope in God and not my job, my hope in God and not my husband or wife, but I put my hope in God, no matter what comes, recession, inflation, cutbacks, no matter what comes, look at that. I will not stay up late. I will not get high. I will not get drunk. I will not quit. I will not fear. Y'all see that? I will not fear or be anxious when the heat comes, but its leaf, my leaf, will continue to be green. In other words, I keep moving forward as long as I have hope in God. Your leaf turns green. You'll not be anxious. You'll not be uptight. You'll not be aggravated, agitated, full of worry and care in the year of drought lack, recession, or cutbacks. But you will never stop. You will never stop. You will never cease. You will never stop yielding fruit. You'll keep moving forward. You'll keep increasing, prospering, abounding, overflowing in spite of the heat, in spite of the drought, in spite of the Republicans or the Democrats or the Libertarians, in spite of your company, in spite of the layoffs, as long as my hope, trust, dependence is in God. So number two, I, I get this hope from the Bible, from the Word of God. I get this kind of supernatural hope from God and pastor, I want to walk with God. How do I do it? I have to start agreeing with his word over what I'm feeling and what people are saying and what I'm going through. And then number two, the Bible gives me hope. Romans 15, 4. Whatever was written in the Old Testament was written for our learning. I sure do love you all because you all are lifelong learners. You want to grow. That we through patience, there's that ugly word again, and comfort, of the what? Uh, of the what? As the team comes, of the what? Scriptures might have hope. So the next time you feel like giving up and losing all hope, 
Pull the word out. Get your one, your Bible out. Get your tapes, get your cassette, go your, your Bluetooth, get the Bible rolling, get the Bible going. You know, I like to go to bed at night and have the Bible playing. Amen. I brainwash at night too. Amen. You wouldn't believe all the nightmares you can have by playing the Bible when you go to bed at night. Amen. So notice the second way we get Bible hope is through, that we get hope is through the Bible. Now, in closing, the foundation for hope, the foundation for hope is three things. And I've been doing this for 40 years here. I'm sorry, I can't improve on this. I can't improve on this, that the foundation for hope is number one, what has God said about you? What has God said about you? Not what people have said about you. You know, remember, you've heard my story. Last week I talked about it when Kim and I went in the ministry. Our pastor, who I love, he's in heaven. He married us. He said, you'll never make it. You can't do it. Well, you know what? We took that as fuel. Let your enemies energize you. Be a Michael Jordan. Let those people who tell you you'll never make it, you'll never amount to anything, you can't do it, don't let it defeat you. Let it fuel you. You show them what you and God can do. It's not what they've said about you. It's what has God said about you. And then number two, we'll give you hope. What has God promised you? 7,000 promises in the Bible. We need to know what God has promised us. God has promised, made all these promises. Build your life on promises, not pressure. Well, I quit because I was pressured. Wrong reason. I left because I was pressured. Wrong reason. The more pressure you can handle, the more money you make. Did you hear me? The more pressure you can handle, the more money you can make. Okay? For example, if you're working at the factory, you got pressure, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But if you own your own business, you got employees, you got HR, you got insurance, you got all the legalities, much more pressure. The more pressure you can handle, the more money you make. So we need to build our life not on pressure, but the promises of God. What has God promised you? Number three, what has God planned for you? What is the plan of God? When you think about what he's said about you, that you're the apple of his eye, that he loves you, he's gifted you, he's called you, he's given you a purpose. When you think about the promises and you think about the plan, that gives you hope. That gives you hope in a world full of hopeless people wandering, searching for meaning. So the scripture, I love this, Jeremiah 29, 11. Can we all read this and do it real loud, can you, for television so it doesn't sound like there's three people here today, okay? But can we all, on the count of three, one, two, three. That's God's plan for you. Surrender to his plan. Notice he has plans for you. And what is his plan? To prosper you, not to hurt you, and to give you a hope and a future. Go back to your future every day of your life, especially when you're going through a storm. That will be an anchor that will give you hope. Now, let me give you some one-liners real quick. These are just one-liners, thought provokers, big thoughts. Without hope in the future, you have no power in the present. Without hope without in the future, you have no power in your present. That's huge. Number two, our future is hidden in our daily routine. 
Your daily habits are forming you and me. Are we becoming the person for the future God has for us? Are we becoming the person for the future God has for us? Your future is hidden in your daily routine, rituals, and habits. That's powerful. I stole that from Mike Murdoch. Number three, people with no clear purpose have no future. People with no clear purpose wander, wonder, have no future. What do we do here, y'all? We lead people to a God is for them and help them discover God's purpose for their life. Number four, a person full of hope is positive and sees possibilities. A person full of hope is not negative, critical, sarcastic, a, 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 a loser. No, they're positive and they see possibilities. So if I have lost hope today, I don't see opportunities when they come. If I've lost hope today, I don't see potential. I don't see open doors. I don't see new relationships. I don't see when God's sending miracles my way. I miss all possibilities. But a person full of hope is positive and sees possibilities. Zechariah 9.12. I love this one. And y'all did much better than that 9 o'clock service. So again, let them know there's more than three people here today on the count of three. Could y'all read it? One, two, three. Do, do you see that security and prosperity is a result of hope? Do you see that hope will attract security, stability, confidence, prosperity into your life? Notice return, restore, return to the stronghold. Let it have a hold of you strongly. And it will bring security and prosperity if you're a prisoner not of your past. If you're a prisoner, not of your pain. If you're a prisoner, not of your circumstances. But if you're a prisoner of this Bible hope, the future, the picture, the image of you and your future that God has, then if you'll hang on to that and be a prisoner of that and don't lose your hope, sooner or later, probably later, it will bring security stability, and prosperity into your life. Even today, remember how I started the sermon, God's going to restore lost hope? Restore double your former prosperity you had before the storm you're going through. So say this with me. God is going to give me double for all my trouble. Hold that picture. Give God praise. I'm done. If y'all got something. Oh, hold that picture. Ooh, ooh. Would y'all bow your heads just for a second? Everybody online, because of time, let's pray a corporate prayer today. For now and for the future, and the broadcast, the television, the replays. But we're going to pray this prayer in Romans chapter 10. And you'd say, Pastor, I've lost all hope like you did with your brother. I've lost all hope. But today... I see where I need to go for hope. 
I want a relationship with God. I want to know God. I want to walk with God like you said. I want to know my purpose. I want to have that hope in the world that's full of hopelessness. Pray for me. If that's you, in any case, first time rededication, pray this prayer with us. We're going to help you. Church, let's all say it together. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I repent. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me. He rose again. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Restore double for all my trouble. Give me Bible hope. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and take my life and make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look up and celebrate as our host comes. Would you like to keep growing in your faith? At Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's learning more about discovering what it means to join a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org connect, where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you are part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org online. Have a great week, and don't forget that God is for you.